My name is Matthew Becker. I'm a husband, a level one CrossFit trainer, a CrossFit affiliate owner, personal trainer, Olympic lifting coach, lawyer, blogger, employer, mentor. Oh, and I own a retired racing greyhound. I have a lot on my plate and I gotta keep moving forward. In business, they say if you aren't growing, you are dying. So to keep moving forward, I have to improve by 1% every day. It's called the aggregation of marginal gains. It requires me to optimize my life as much as possible. On the Stronger Revolution podcast, I share strategies with you so that you can improve your life by 1% every day. Back in 2013, when I first opened Industrial Athletics, I started classes pretty early in the morning. And at the time, I had a part-time coach that covered those morning classes um, also during the day. And then I would typically cover most, if not all, of the evening classes before going home, um, enjoying time with my wife, eating dinner, going to bed. And I was able to get a lot of good quality sleep. I can remember a time back even before um, I opened Industrial Athletics when you know, my wife and I used to sleep in until 6.30 or 7 o'clock and then get up and casually eat breakfast and, and get dressed and then head off to work and get home at a reasonable hour at the night and then uh, make dinner and eventually work our way into bed. And somewhere along the line over the last... I don't know, decade maybe, um, my daily life has cut more and more into my sleep on both sides of my day. So whether that means I'm getting up earlier in the morning or going to bed later at night, um, my days just seem to keep getting packed with more and more things that end up, again, cutting off my the amount of sleep that I can get on both sides of my day. Eventually, I lost that part-time coach at the gym and I had to make a decision. And the decision was, do I go out and try to find another person to come in and coach those early morning hours? Or now that I had an evening coach, do I go ahead and start taking care of those morning hours? And that was the ultimate decision that was made, that I would start to coach the early morning hours and I would leave my head coach to coach the rest of the day and into the evening. That created a situation in my life where I now have to get up at least four, if not mostly five days a week at four o'clock in the morning. Now, the rest of this episode is going to be on sleep, in case you haven't guessed yet, or you didn't read the title of the episode. When I say I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning, what you, most people then, the first question that comes out of their mouth is, wow, four o'clock in the morning, what time do you actually have to go to bed at night? And that's a fair question because if, under what they say in various studies, you're getting um, what is seven to eight, nine hours of sleep every night, if you work backwards from four o'clock in the morning, that would mean I'm going to bed at like eight o'clock at night. For any man who is married and has a family, you can understand that trying to go to bed five days a week at eight o'clock at night is just not going to happen, all right? 
and then take certain nights of the week when I'm at the gym until 6.30, 7.30 at night doing different things, meaning with different clients, coaching different classes, and then getting home again and trying to get some semblance of sit down dinner with my wife, spend a little bit of time with her, walk the dog, get through an evening routine. There's no way I'm laying down or that I'm even ready to lay down mentally or physically by eight o'clock at night. It just doesn't happen. So what this episode is going to be about are is the effects that we can have from not getting enough sleep, and then some strategies to not only get enough sleep, but get enough quality sleep. And before I go into the rest of the episode, I have to apologize. I've been at the gym, let's see, it's around 2.15 at the time on a Friday afternoon that I'm recording this episode, and I've been here since like 7.15, or I'm sorry, 5.15 this morning, see I'm already like forgetting how early I was here, And for some reason, there's been a constant level of noise in the background all day. Seems like it's more so than like any other day that I'm at the gym. It influenced and impacted a video recording I was trying to do with a member this morning. I've had to delay this recording for like a half hour because of other various noises that are around. So if you're hearing anything in the background, whether it's pounding or there was just some sirens that were going off, I apologize. I'm doing my best to close myself off in my office and I try to pick a time of the day that I usually record at because it's usually pretty dead, but for whatever reason today, it's just loud. All right. Now, the concept of sleep actually was the first concept within this podcast that ever brought me any kind of controversy. Early on in an episode, um, I don't even remember which episode it was. It was like one, two, or three. I mentioned that um, one of the reasons that we bring structure to our day is so that we can maximize our sleep. And somebody was listening to, the, to that episode, and for some reason, whatever it was that I phrased, however I phrased it, led this person to believe that what I was arguing was that you couldn't structure your day properly or you couldn't maximize your life unless you could get enough sleep. And the person who was criticizing me said that my verbiage and my argument was essentially marginalizing certain groups of people who maybe were like single parents or people who had to work multiple jobs or raise multiple children and their lives just didn't give them the freedom to put a priority on sleep, and that I was um, showing privilege through these episodes as to the fact that I get to sleep and they don't, and therefore I'm pushing down that group. And at the time, I didn't take the opportunity to argue because something else was going on and I just accepted the comments and I was like, thank you, I'll certainly be aware of that as I'm continuing to record episodes because certainly I'm not trying to put down any particular group of people, and I believe that the system that we're going through through these various podcast episodes can be applied to anybody's life, maybe not the exact way in which I'm explaining it through the podcast, but in your own adjusted way, maintaining these concepts. So throughout this episode, I am by no means arguing that you have to get eight hours of sound, uninterrupted, sleep a night, or your life is over. What I'm doing in this episode is explaining 
the issues that we may see from a lack of sleep, its importance in our life, and then we're going to talk about strategies to maximize your level of sleep. I'm willing to bet that most people, right, and I'm going to say most people, I'm not trying to include everybody in this, but most people could add time of sleep to the time in which they go to bed or the time in which they wake up, okay? I'm willing to bet that. And the reason that I'm willing to bet that is simply from talking to a lot of people about their daily lives and their daily routines. I have a lot of one-on-one interaction with about 150 clients at the gym, if not more, all right? And a common theme that I guarantee I hear is, I was up until 9.30 last night watching TV. I was out until 9.30 last night at the bar. Oh, I went out drinking with a friend and I didn't get home until 11 o'clock, right? I had to work really late because I had a long lunch, right? All these different factors in your lives are typically controlled by you. You didn't have to go out and drink, right? You didn't have to watch the football game on Monday night, right? You chose to, and that impacted your sleep. So sleep is a factor in our life that I refer to as a controllable. Now, I didn't come up with this concept. It is, not surprisingly, a Ben Bergeron concept that sleep is one of the things in our lives that we have the most control over. If you're listening to this episode and saying, there's no way I can add extra sleep to my life, I get as much as I get, okay, well, first thing I want you to do is listen to some of the factors that we're discussing in this episode to to determine whether or not you are sleep deficient. And if so, start to look at your life and use some of these strategies to determine can you increase your sleep or can you increase the quality of your sleep thereby improving your sleep by 1% every day through the aggregation of marginal gains? Or are you perfectly fine and you don't see any of these factors within your day, right? And the amount of sleep that you're getting is perfectly fine and you can continue to function and you don't have to worry about that aspect of your life. You can start putting energy toward another aspect of your life. But these are one of the, one of the, the, the four things that I think are most important in anybody's life and should be the starting point of making sure that you're mastering the basics. Those are the the topics that we covered last episode. Master the basics and then optimize for everything else. Those basics were sleep, diet, fitness, and putting first things first. We've already talked about putting first things first. You can go back and listen to that prior episode. We're gonna talk sleep this episode then subsequent episodes, we're going to cover diet and exercise. So let's get into sleep. We are going to primarily focus on sleep deficiency in this episode. Sleep deprivation is another important topic, but sleep deficiency covers sleep deprivation as as well as a number of other concepts involving sleep. For example, sleep deficiency covers sleep deprivation, simply not enough sleep. It also covers sleeping at the wrong time of day, all right? Sleep that goes against our body's natural clock or circadian rhythm. Um, Not sleeping well or not getting the right types of sleep. And then also having various sleep disorders that prevents us from getting good quality sleep. We're not going to cover sleep disorders. That to me is a very medical thing. Talk to your doctor If you think you have a sleep disorder, we're not going into that in this episode. 
But why is sleep so important? Sleep is so important because it is a basic human need, like eating, drinking, or breathing. You cannot function in life without sleep. You cannot continue in life without sleep. Eventually, you will sleep, right? I guess I could say it this way. Eventually, you will either die or you will sleep. I think years ago, I heard, I don't ever know, I never fact-checked this, and maybe I should have before I go spouting it out on a podcast, but years ago, I heard of an individual, and I think he was like Chinese or Japanese, and regardless, it was in a culture where work is prized, so more work equals you are better, um, and this individual was working so hard and fighting against slow sleep, sleep so much that his heart eventually stopped. Right. I don't know if it's true. Perhaps sleep deficiency and sleep deprivation can eventually lead to death that way. I don't know. Um, but at least one thing that is guaranteed in life is that if you do not sleep, you will eventually go to sleep. All right. You have to recharge your batteries through sleep. But there's a lot of other important reasons that you need to sleep. Right. So talking about sleep deficiency, sleep deficiency whether it's not getting enough, sleeping at the wrong times of day, suffering of sleep disorder, or not getting the right kinds of sleep is going to interfere with things like your work. Um, it's going to interfere with school. If you're a student, it's going to interfere with driving and your alertness. And it's also going to interfere with your social functions. If you're not sleeping or not getting the right kinds of sleep, you're going to have a difficult learning. You're going to have a difficult time focusing or reacting in certain situations. You can't judge people's emotions and reactions, all right, just different different states. And you're also going to find that you're going to be more frustrated, cranky, and you're going to worry a lot. Right? These are common attributes of somebody who is not sleeping properly. A survey from the uh, Center of Disease Control and Prevention found that 7 to 19% of adults in the United States reporting not getting enough sleep every day. That, to me, seems a relatively low percent, um, but there's still a percent of adults, and those are just ones that are reporting not getting enough sleep. Nearly 40% of adults uh, report that they fall asleep uh, at least once during the day, once a month. And an estimated 50 to 70 million Americans have a chronic ongoing sleep disorder. Sleep deficiency has been linked to chronic health problems, including heart disease, kidney disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, obesity, and depression. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, um, but that's going to be sort of an overarching theme to the episode is that sleep deficiency is going to have a direct impact on your health. Bad health is going to directly impact your life in negative ways and, once again bringing this full circle, neg any negative impact in your life is going to impact your ability to live out your purpose, your ability to achieve your goals, and your ability to improve your life by 1% every day. A common myth is that people can get used to not sleeping enough and thereby not see the negative effects of being sleep deprived or having sleep deprivation. 
However, research uh, has shown that getting enough sleep is vital to your mental health, physical health, quality of life, and safety. We know that now we need sleep, but what makes us sleep? There are compounds within our body that force us or are going to force us to sleep. The first one is adenosine. A compound known as adenosine is a factor that is believed to drive us to sleep. As we are awake, our body produces adenosine and that those levels rise in our brain the longer that we are um, awake. And it is believed that at some point that level gets so high that it triggers your body to go to sleep because when you are asleep, your body consumes the adenosine and the levels go back down. The second process that influences your body and tells you that you need to sleep are your various environmental cues. Things like the sun is going down or the sun is coming up and it's it's time for you to wake up um, as well as um, you know, it starts to get colder at night, which chilliness tends to be a factor of sleeping. Other things start to slow down and you start to feel drowsy. Your body also releases other chemicals that are going to influence your daily rhythm, right? Your body's clock or your circadian rhythm, right? That's, that's sort of the rhythm that you get into of your awake and sleep cycles. One of these hormones is called melatonin. And melatonin signals your body to tell it that it's time to prepare for sleep. And one of the ways you know this is because you start to feel drowsy. Studies have shown that the amount of melatonin in your bloodstream peaks as the evening wears on. And researchers believe that this peak is an important part of preparing yourself to go to sleep. Sometimes you'll see advertisements for melatonin supplements. There isn't really a whole lot of good science out there as to whether or not supplementing your body with melatonin actually makes you go to sleep faster or better, but the idea is increasing melatonin or, or prompts your body to prepare itself for sleep, so the belief is if we can sub- supplement that, then we can tell our bodies even better all right, to prepare itself for sleep. However... There are natural ways to increase melatonin in your own body. The reason that the supplement is so necessary is because we are constantly in this go, 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 go state all day long, and then it comes time for us to go to bed, and the body isn't ready, and it hasn't produced any melatonin, so people try to supplement it in order to force themselves into sleep. If you have a good evening routine, and part of that evening routine is slowly backing yourself down then your body is going to start to naturally produce melatonin. Exposure to bright lights as you start to approach bedtime will also impact your melatonin, right? as also other factors that help you go to sleep. These bright lights are also known as blue light and are often given off by things like TV screens, computer screens, uh, digital alarm clocks, those sorts of things that you need to start to move away from within, they say, about an hour of going to bed. As the sun comes up, your body starts to produce cortisol, which is your natural awake hormone. So we know that we need to get sleep. We sort of know what helps us go to sleep and wake up. But again, why is sleep so important? 
And for our purposes, I'm going to cover three different factors as to why sleep is so important. And these are the three factors that I believe are going to directly impact your ability to live out your purpose or to achieve goals in your life. One is healthy brain function and your emotional well-being. Studies have shown that getting enough sleep is going to directly impact your learning. One of the core values that um, I have for myself, I have at the gym, and I believe that most people should try to adapt themselves is a core value of being humble or humility. And I'm going to, in this instance, define being humble as an eternal desire to learn. Somebody who is egotistical is going to walk into a room and believe that only those who are above them socially or successfully or within a position in life are the only person who can teach them anything. Somebody who is humble is going to walk into a room and they're going to understand that everybody in every situation in every aspect of your life provides you with an opportunity to learn. It may not be something that you're directly trying to learn or it may not be something that you know that you're going to learn but that a humble person is open to any and all situations in life as an opportunity to learn and gain experience. And if you're too sleep deprived to learn, then you're missing out on a lot of your life. Sleep deficient people may have difficulties making decisions, right? We've done an entire episode on decision making. They're going to have a difficult time solving problems, controlling emotional behaviors, or coping with change. So factor number one is a healthy brain function and emotional well-being, right? Factor number two as to why sleep is important is our own physical health. Physical health is also going to impact our ability to carry out our goals. If we are not healthy, we cannot be productive. If we are not healthy, we cannot put time and energy toward those first things first in our lives. And sleep has a direct impact impact on the repair of our heart and our blood vessels. So if we're getting not enough sleep, right? If we are sleep deprived or if we are sleep deficient because we're not getting good quality sleep or we have a sleep disorder, it's going to start to impact our heart and it can lead to heart disease, it can lead to kidney disease, it can lead to high blood pressure, diabetes, and ultimately strokes. People who get enough sleep report less hunger throughout the day than people who are sleep deprived or sleep deficient. So people who are sleep deficient report being hungrier, which means they're going to eat more, which means their blood sugar levels are going up. Chances are they're not eating particularly healthy things, which means they're adding inflammation into their body, which is ultimately going to lead to more chronic diseases like obesity and diabetes. The third factor of why sleep is important is daytime performance and safety. Getting enough sleep and enough quality sleep is directly going to impact your productivity during the day. And if there's one thing that I've tried to drive home through all of these episodes of the podcast is that your daily productivity is one of the most important factors in your life that is going to help you reach your goals. If you are not productive, even if you have reverse engineered your, your goals so that you know what you have to do 
every day from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. If you are not sleeping enough so that you are not productive on those individual to-do things, then you're never going to achieve your goals. You're never going to be able to carry out your purpose. You're never going to be able to effectuate any positive change in your life. If you're sleeping so little at night that you're requiring yourself to take naps during the day, that's large chunks of your day. And yes, 20 to 30 minutes, hopefully that's all you're napping. That's a large chunk, all right? You can get a lot done in that amount of time. And if you're essentially wasting that time by trying to make up for the sleep that you're missing at night, that is going to be less productivity during the day. Now, a concept that I came across that was something that knew during this my research for this episode that I'd never really come across before is a concept known as microsleep. Microsleep is a, a brief moment of sleep that occurs during the day when you're normally awake that you may not even be aware of. And this is something that people who are sleep deficient often see. And I've tried to become more aware of this in my life um, to see if there are periods of that I might be microsleeping, but it's kind of described in a couple of different ways. Microsleep, one way that it's described is sort of like these blackout periods during your day that when you go back and you reflect on your day, you have no recollection of them. A couple of different examples of microsleep would be like if you go for a long car ride and you finish the car, you get to your destination and you think back to the car ride and you really can't remember a whole lot of, of what happened on the car ride, even though different things happened. Or you go and you sit down in a lecture and you listen to a lecture and then you go back and you reflect on the lecture at the end and there's a large portion of that lecture that even though you thought you were alert and paying attention to, you have no idea what was talked about. So even in my own life, I'm trying to become more aware of this and I'm debating starting to track it to see if there are these periods of microsleep that could be a result of not getting enough sleep. So after those three factors, it begs the question, how much sleep is enough sleep? The American Academy of Sleep Medicine recommends that an average adult gets seven to eight hours of sleep a night. I can't imagine that this is a big surprise to anybody. Somewhere in your life, you have heard somebody say, you need six to seven, or I'm sorry, seven to eight hours of sleep a night. For active adults, you probably need a little bit more. You're probably looking at somewhere around like eight to nine. I've also heard in the past that individuals who consistently get less than six hours of sleep find themselves in an automatic pre-diabetic state or that their brain function can reduce so much that they're basically walking around with an illegal blood alcohol content. Not that they have a, a blood alcohol content, but they're basically functioning as though they did. So I would say, as a functioning adult, you need at least six hours. At least six hours of sleep a night. Recommended is seven to eight. If you're super active, you're looking at eight to nine. This is good, long, restful sleep at night. And flashback to the beginning of the episode. I am not saying in this episode that if you cannot get that amount of sleep that you are screwed in life. I'm not trying to marginalize any particular group of people. All I'm doing is telling you what is recommended. You look at your own life and you try to maximize this as much as possible. 
That is the idea of the aggregation of marginal gains, that you are putting time and energy into your life to maximize these basic functions in your life as much as possible. These are just guidelines. Some people will argue that, well, I only get five hours of sleep during the um, week, but then I make up for it on the weekend. Depends on who you talk to, all right, about whether or not you can bank sleep on a weekend that then will impact your sleep during the week. From personal experience, I can tell you that yes, if I sleep really well on the weekend, Monday and Tuesday mornings, I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning, it's a lot easier. If I have a crappy night's sleep during the weekend or I don't sleep in, I don't get enough sleep, I automatically feel it Monday and Tuesday. But after that, it's pretty much gone. So any bank of sleep that you're forming on the weekends, it's not going to last you all week. All right, so we now know what sleep deficiency is. All right, so how do we know if we're suffering from it? This also goes back to the beginning of the episode where I said, you might listen to all of this, and you may determine that you're sleep deficient or you are su- suffering some, from some kind of uh, sleep deficiency and you need to get more sleep. Or you might listen to this episode and determine you're getting enough sleep and there's no problems at all. That's fine. So what are the signs and symptoms? If you are sleep deficient, you might start to notice it on these every regular, everyday occurrences. Things like if you're sitting, reading a book and watching TV and you constantly doze off. Or you're sitting in a public place like a movie theater, a meeting, or a classroom and you're waiting for the movie to start and you automatically just go to sleep. Maybe you're sitting in a car and you're riding in a car for over an hour and you've noticed that right about that hour mark, your eyes start to get really heavy and you need to do something in order to wake yourself back up. Sometimes you might find that you are getting drowsy in social situations, just talking to somebody or after lunch in the middle of the afternoon, right? That down period that everybody says they hit that two o'clock slump If you notice that it comes right after lunch, you might not be sleeping very well at night, right? You might be sleep deficient. Or if you even notice that you're just sitting in traffic at a traffic light that seems to be a prolonged light and you start to kind of like doze off, right? These are all just different daily things that can show you or demonstrate to you that are signs that you may need to get a little bit more sleep. Some harder ones to determine are whether or not you're having a difficult learning, whether you're having a difficult focusing, whether you're having a difficult time recalling information, or whether you seem to be slow in reacting to things. From a drastic standpoint, I often know that I'm slow reacting to things like when I first get up in the morning. And that's what I usually try to focus in on throughout the day is when I get up in the morning and like I'm trying to make breakfast and it just seems like my hand moves at like half pace, probably at least at that point it's because I'm waking up. But if I ever feel that during the day, I know I got to get some sleep. So all this is fantastic information. Hopefully through all of this, I've convinced you that you need to get some sleep, but How do we do it? If I don't tell you how now to get good sleep, if I don't give you some strategies, then all I've done is left you with the information and I've not given you any help as to how to make changes that I've now maybe identified that you need to make changes in your life. So 
Strategies for getting enough sleep. A lot of this may sound a little bit duplicative from our episode on morning and evening routines, but first, try to go to bed and try to wake up around the same time every day. Get your body into a regular rhythm. Try to sleep the same amount of time on the weeknights as you do on the weekends or vice versa. Try to sleep the same amount of time on the weekends as you do on the weeknights. I will usually recommend my clients try to keep it within an hour, not more than an hour and a half of each other. So for example, if I'm waking up at four o'clock on the weeknights or the weekday mornings, right, then on weekends, I should try to not sleep past five or 5.30. So I keep within that rhythm. About an hour before bedtime, you should start to um, develop a quiet time. TVs go off, computers go off, phones go off, everything goes on silent, and you start to signal your brain that you need to go to sleep. Maybe you start journaling or writing a book or just quietly meditating. Another strategy is to avoid a large, heavy meal within an hour or two of bedtime, as well as, um, obviously, caffeine, all right, nicotine use if you're still a smoker, um, or alcohol use. All of those can influence not necessarily your ability to go to sleep, though maybe with the caffeine, but will impact uh, the type of sleep and the quality of sleep that you're getting during the night. There's also strategies not necessarily involving your evening routine, but just being active throughout the day. A couple of episodes, we'll talk about exercise, but just getting outside and being active, right? using your body and using up a lot of your stored energy throughout the day is going to give you a need to sleep at night, right? and that need is then going to help you get to sleep and stay asleep. And then finally, use your bed or your bedroom for sleeping only in a cool, quiet, dark space, right? Take the TV and get it out of your bedroom. You don't need that blue light playing. You don't need that sound playing while you're trying to go to sleep, right? I've heard it in the past, and, and people who have looked into sleep will also have heard it. Doctors will often say, you use your bedroom for lovemaking and for sleeping. That's it. Not watching TV, not eating meals, Use the bedroom for sleeping. Hopefully, I've convinced you that sleep is important and that you need to sleep. And maybe now I've caused you to reflect upon your life at least enough to determine whether or not you need more sleep. That's a decision that you need to make. Instead of leaving with you a quote this this episode, I'm going to leave sort of a summation or conclusion or wound up of everything that we just talked about through this episode. It's another article I found that I thought was a great way to summarize all of this. Um, It was just a random article from Healthline.com written by a Joe Leach. Uh, It's the 10 reasons why good sleep is important. Number one, poor sleep can make you fat. Number two, good sleepers tend to eat fewer calories. Number three, good sleep can improve concentration and productivity. Number four, good sleep can maximize athletic performance. Go CrossFitters. Number five, poor sleepers have a greater risk of heart disease and stroke. Number six, sleep affects glucose metabolism and may increase your type 2 diabetes risk. 
Number seven, poor sleep is linked to depression. Number eight, sleep improves your immune function. Get sick less. Number nine, poor sleep is linked to increased inflammation. That's a buzzword that we like to throw around, but basically is anything in your body that leads to chronic disease. So, oh wait, did I miss, did I skip number 10? Yep, number 10. Sleep affects emotions and social interactions. Get some sleep. Look at your life, determine whether or not you think you're getting enough sleep. If you are, great, carry on. If you are not, look at your life and see if there are other things that you can start to change in order to put sleep as a priority. Get as much as you can. It's important. I hope I've proved that to you during this episode. If you have any questions about sleep, uh, please reach out to me. I did hear from another listener recently who had an idea about trying to get buy-in from other people and family and friends about the stuff that we talk about on this podcast. I'm working on that in my brain. Might be a topic that we talk about sometime soon. Otherwise, guys, as always, thanks for listening, and I hope you love the show.